because you can't have an experience that you actually don't experience, our lives will be the sum total of what we give our attention to. I'll give your brains a bit of time to work that one out. Because you cannot have an experience that you actually don't experience, our lives will be the sum total of what we give our attention to. I.e., wherever you are present, that's what you will experience. You cannot experience what somebody else has experienced. You cannot experience what you are not present for. Therefore, what we give our attention to is supremely important. Supremely important. Because that actually dictates and determines the outcome of our lives. The total of our lives. In order for all of humanity to fundamentally change, one young woman had to say yes to the favor she received in God. We know that to be Mary, as she said yes to the word of God for what we know, who we know as Jesus Christ. In order for our lives to be changed forever, we have to say yes to the status of favor we receive because of a loving father who has given his son and by his spirit revealed himself to us. And so today, as we're on this community day, as we are going through this, as I've kind of started off with that statement of we cannot experience what we don't actually experience, can we be present here today? Can we be present and try and not just be in the vicinity of this Jesus, but be in his very presence? So that today can start to form and shape something of what will be the sum total of your life as we receive the blessing of Jesus. See, his desire is that we would be present with him as he is present with us. And that's where we want to go today. A people without a vision are a people without a future. A people without a vision are a people without a future. And the people without a future always go back to their past. I don't want to go back to my past because to a certain date it was before Jesus and even in those days after knowing Jesus to this day, I trust that I have become more and more like him as the years have gone by. I don't want to go backwards. I don't want to go to my past. I'm grateful that in that the Spirit of God has kept me and taught me things and I stand here today a better version, but I trust that tomorrow will be better and so it is a vision that holds me captive, desiring to have an experience in relationship with Jesus Christ and give my attention to that so that I can have a better future and not keep going to my past. And my desire is the same for you. Graham Noble, he's a man that's in this building sitting at the back. And while we were praying a few years ago, for what God was leading us into. He was present with God and he said these words, which are recorded on that timeline as you walk in. He said, Israel had several centers of worship before King David's reign. But Father, you directed him to establish Jerusalem as the future site of your temple and so united the 12 tribes scattered over the land. 
During celebrations and times of worship, you gathered them to Jerusalem and forged the separate tribes into a great nation. Our nation has around 12 language groups who have been kept separate by our history, but are now free to meet together as your church. In her current situation on McCurtain Avenue, almost exclu exclusively represents one twelfth, I might add, maybe now today, as we're a couple of years on from this word, two, maybe three, but certainly not twelve. One twelfth part of your people in South Africa. What we give attention to determines the experience we have, and the sum total of our experiences determines the life that we have in God and our future. What is the vision before you? What are the experiences that you are giving yourself attention to? Is it directed by the Spirit of God and His Word? This is the invitation this Community Sunday. I do want to just take a little moment uh, while I, I recalled that word from Graham Noble just to say this. We've had a firm offer on this property, uh, which is many years in the making. And I would like to ask you to pray on Wednesday. Uh, there are a few of our team having a meeting with a few of the, the, the potential buyers team. Uh, we are, we've already had conveyancing attorneys look over it, so we, we're quite far down the line. But it's really just to, uh, to look at, can we come to agreement on some of the finer points? Uh, that's what's happening this coming Wednesday. And so I would ask you to pray with us for the wisdom of God, the Spirit of God, the favor of God. Can we say yes to the favor of God as Mary did and all of humanity changed and as we have that day we chose Jesus Christ to be our Lord and Savior. And so I just kind of throw that out there. It's got nothing to do with my message, but just to tell you the good news. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Read with me. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through angels was binding, and every uh, binding and every violation and disobedience uh, received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? The salvation which was first, first announced by the Lord was confirmed to us by those who heard Him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. It is not to angels that He has subjected the world to come, about which we are speaking, but there is a place where someone, that someone is David, has testified, What is mankind that you are mindful of them, a son of man that you, care, that you care for him? You made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. If you're taking notes, that's Psalm 8 verses 4 to 6. In putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to them. But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor, because he suffered death so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. And we just jump to verse 14. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death, he, may break, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. 
this uh, verse has just absolutely captivated me, but we do see Jesus, but we see Jesus. And so just a couple of things as we go through today uh, in this Community Sunday, as there's so many things swirling around, baby dedications that we can thank God for the gift of life, we can trust for the gift of life for others that are still trusting, we can pray for a brother in our city uh, who is currently struggling with cancer, uh, we can thank God, some of us in this room, for healing us of cancer. Uh, we, there's just so many things swirling around as we go through today. Uh, but we see Jesus. And so my prayer this morning has been this for us, that you would see Jesus, that you would be present, giving your attention to Jesus today, so that you may experience Him, so that today forms part of your sum total of life, a better future rather than being pulled back to your past. Let's start. We must pay the most careful attention. So, uh, so the writer here to the Hebrews is kind of saying, hey, you can pay attention. Then I'm going to ramp it up a little bit. You can pay careful attention. And then I'm going to ramp it up one more and say most careful attention. And so when... We read this in the Scriptures. We've got to understand that this is uh, something that the Spirit of God wants to highlight. All of the Word of God leads us to Jesus. But then we have these words, most careful attention. I don't know if you were a child and used to play this game. I have no idea what it's called. I just remember it goes like this. Like someone would hide something. Um, often parents would hide something for their children and then say, go and look. And they'd go this way. No, you're cold. Warm, 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 cold, 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 hot, very hot. You remember that game? Eh? If you don't know it, I'll explain it to you afterwards. It's a great game to play with your kids. But I feel like this is what the writer's saying. It's like you're walking, uh, okay, the most careful attention, okay, you, you're warm, you're warm, you're hot, you're hot, you're very hot. And what happens when your parents say you're very hot in that game is you start to pay a little bit more attention. Up until that point, all you're listening for is cold, warm, or hot. Because you don't really know. I'm like, I'm cold, I'm warm, I'm, oh, okay, now I'm very hot. Now I'm going to pay attention. Now I'm going to open my eyes, I'm going to look. And that's exactly what the author is doing here. Pay most careful attention. You are very hot. See, we can be in the vicinity of Jesus, or we can be in the presence of Jesus. Or we can be in personal relationship with Jesus. Those three things are very different. They're very different. And I fear that too many people are satisfied with being in the vicinity of Jesus. Then there's some people that are satisfied with being in the presence of Jesus. But the goal of Jesus is that we would have relationship with Him. Relationship with Him. So pay most careful attention. Now you've got my attention, right? Now I want to see what's written here because this is going to be good. This is going to help shape my life. It's going to help shape your life. Have I got your attention? Okay, I've got some of your attention. Got some of your attention. Daniel chapter 2, verses 31 to 35. There's this dream that a king called Nebuchadnezzar has. And he's the king of Babylon, which was a world power 
at the time, and he has this dream of this incredible statue, and its, its head is gold, and its arms and chest are silver, and then its kind of stomach and top of its legs are bronze, and then uh, the lower legs are iron, and the feet are iron and clay, and it kind of represents four kingdoms, and Babylon, and Assyria, and, uh, and Egypt, and Rome, uh, but that's actually not the issue, and then there's this, this dream, and he has it, and he doesn't quite understand, and then Daniel this man of God is able to interpret it. Uh, that's not even the big deal of the story. What is, is the interpretation that gets seen that there is a rock that is cut out that gets thrown at the statue and the statue comes tumbling down. That's the crux of the story. And as we understand something of this word, this dream that Nebuchadnezzar has, so this is pre-Jesus, this is like really olden days. There's this dream of these kingdoms and the power of the kingdoms and they're majestic and it's gold and it's silver and it's bronze and it's this big powerful thing and yet a, a rock that's cut out not by human hands, the scripture says, is able to bring it tumbling down. Okay, God, what are you saying? What he's saying in this dream, so we interpret what we see from Daniel, is that there is a kingdom. There is a kingdom that is not formed by human hands that will break down all other kingdoms. Break down all other kingdoms. You see, in the spirit, what happened is you've got Babylon and you've got Assyria and you've got Egypt and you've got the Roman Empire. You've got all of that. That's all just seen as one statue. So in the spirit, it doesn't matter which kingdom it is. It's all viewed as one unless it is the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God comes against every other kingdom and knocks it down. And so, okay, most uh, now, now you've got my careful attention. I'm looking at what is man, uh, all of this, and I'm able to tie it back to this dream of, uh, of Nebuchadnezzar that Daniel interprets. And we have this this thing, this, this rock that's not cut out by human hands, and so we're able to take the prophetic a little bit forward. Prophecy, I know, gets a, it's, a, it's a bit dodgy, and di not, not dodgy, no, no, it's a bit dicey, confusing sometimes when we try to interpret it and try and bring it into the space, but there's this rock that's been cut out that destroys all the kingdoms, and it's not been done by human hands, and we understand that that is the kingdom that Jesus inaugurates, the kingdom of God which stands against all other kingdoms, the kingdom of God, which pushes back, the kingdom of God, which breaks down, the kingdom of God, which is truly the one that survives. But it is this rock that is not but cut out by human hands that I want to just bring a little bit of attention to in this most careful, we, we want to pay most careful attention because a question I want to ask us is if we, if we look at the kingdom of God, I think all of us in this room would probably want to say we, we want to be a part of that kingdom. We want to see something of the kingdom of God. We want to see Jesus in our lives. We want to see the victories in our lives. We want to see overcoming cancer. We want to see overcoming uh, trouble in relationships. We want, to, we want to see the kingdom of God advance. We want to see the ways of the world, the systems of the world pushed back and broken down. We want to see all of that. Well, then we've got to go, okay, well, are we prepared to be cut out, not by human hands? Are we prepared to be cut out? by the Spirit of God? Are we prepared to be shaped and formed? And so a question to ask is, what will it take? What will it take? Uh, uh, where am I? What will it take to become the people Jesus gave His life for? Are we prepared to be cut out, to be shaped, to be formed? You see, what we pay most careful attention, attention to is the thing that will shape us. And as I talk to people today as a pastor, there's a lot of attention on a lot of stuff that could be 
viewed, just, just work with me here for just a little bit, figuratively, with the golden head or the silver chest or the bronze middle torso or the iron legs. We, we, we've got a lot of attention based on economics and a lot of attention based on government and a lot of attention based on Russia and Ukraine and a lot of attention based on the rand dollar or the rand euro exchange rate, a lot of attention based on the unemployment in our country. We've got a lot of attention on these things and it's starting to shape the way people are thinking and people are starting to come in to the, the kingdom of God. The people of God are becoming more and more despondent. That's what I'm seeing as a pastor. And so today, I want to remind us through this text, as we're going to get to this next point of, but we see Jesus. And so I want to turn our attention, pay most careful attention, because what you give most careful attention to is shaping you and forming you and forming us. And if we want to be part of that rock that's able to bring down the kingdoms of the world that are bringing oppression, the kingdoms of the world that are dictating things, that are causing depression, that are causing us to have to take medication to survive, that are causing these things, then that's not what I want to give attention to. I want to turn but we see Jesus. Are we prepared to be cut out, to be shaped, to be formed? And so we have this, uh, this moment in the text where the writer is writing and he says, everything has been given into submission to them. That's to us, believe it or not. It's to us, but I don't see that. And the writer recognized that and he says, even though you don't yet see it, but we see Jesus. And so Jesus has been given, uh, yes, as our Savior, the one that can forgive sins, but He's been given in order for us to see someone as a stone that's been cut out, that's able to come against the kingdoms, all the other stuff, all the other stuff that tries to uh, take our attention and starts to shape us and form us. Uh, all of that, we see Jesus, and we're able to start to reorder and give our attention to uh, this Jesus because there is something that happens when our attention is on Him and with Him, where we're not just in His vicinity or not just in His presence, but we have relationship. You following me? I hope so. See, we have to answer the question, why did Jesus go to the cross? We see Jesus. Why did Jesus go to the cross? He did not go so that we could have a weekly meeting. That was not His purpose for the cross that we could come here on a Sunday and do this. He came so that we could have the kingdom of God in our hearts. And as the kingdom of God is in our hearts, we are able to connect that to one of the psalmists who writes, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so we're able to see that actually our world is dictated by what's in the heart. And so if the kingdom of God is not in our hearts, if a Sunday service is in our hearts, then we start to understand maybe we're in the vicinity of Jesus, not in the relationship of Jesus. And so we see Jesus. He did not go to the cross that we could just do this. This is an overflow of our hearts, the kingdom of God. You see, we had been shut out of the kingdom due to the sin of Adam. And we know the law couldn't get us there, and so we only Jesus could. And so this is, this is what the kingdom of God is, if you want me to just look at it. So we see Jesus, where God's authority meets human submission that's the kingdom of God. Where God's authority meets human submission, that's the kingdom of God. And that's where the kingdom advances, first in the heart and then as an overflow of the heart. See, sin is that moment when man violates the command of God, when man chooses his will over God's will. And so the question today is, like the writer, 
but we see Jesus. Can we see Jesus rightly? Can we see Jesus rightly this morning? Can we not filter him through the lens of everything else we're giving attention to? But rather, can we give everything else we're giving attention to through the lens and filter of seeing Jesus rightly? See, like the writer in the Hebrews, we know that God created man in a certain way. He says that he made him just a little bit lower than the angels, but he's given everything into uh, to, to the rulership of man. And although we don't all see it now, we do see that Jesus came to show us the way, the truth, and the life. And you start to see how sometimes the scriptures all talk to one another, that we understand these things. I, I know I, I speak from this, uh, this particular text quite a lot, but I think it really is profound. So the disciples are on the boat, and they hit a storm. And they put all their attention, all their attention is on the storm, and they start to panic, start to panic, start to panic, and then they remember, oh, we've got Jesus on the boat, but he's not present in the storm because he's busy sleeping. And so I can imagine how that's going. They're trying to throw things over. They're trying to, I don't know, if they're trying to lower the, their, their masts, not the masts, the sails, if they're trying to lower these things because the storm is having a go at them, they're doing all of these things, and then suddenly out of the corner of eye, somebody sees Jesus, and it's like, but we see Jesus. Jesus, can you wake up? And Jesus gets up and he speaks to the storm. And there's this incredible moment of the, but we see Jesus, and everything stops and everything changes. You see, the disciples that next day, I can assure you, the disciples the next day were fundamentally different people to the disciples that got onto that boat, having witnessed that miracle. To a man that stood up, and spoke to the storm and the waves and said, be still. When you see that, you are different. You are different. But here's the deal. If the disciples hadn't been present with Jesus, that would have just been a story that they would have heard. Not an experience they would have had. So what does that mean for us, church? But we see Jesus. It means we have to position ourselves over and over and over again where Jesus is. We've got to stop asking Jesus to come to us and we've got to start going to him. And we know where Jesus is. Jesus is at busy redeeming his creation. He's busy working towards that. So where the sinner is to be saved, that's where Jesus is. Where the cancer is, to be healed, that's where Jesus is. Where the bones to be healed and knit together are, that's where Jesus is. Where the vulnerable are, that's where Jesus is. And if we want to be those people that have a future, if we want to be those people who want to have an experience, we've got to stop keeping, asking Je keeping on asking Jesus to always come to us. And be present and start to be more present with Him. See, the more experiences we have of Jesus speaking to the storm, the more experiences we have of laying hands on people and seeing bones heal, the more experiences we have of praying for a marriage to be reconciled and helping that process and we see that take place, the more experiences we have of witnessing something miraculous, the more experiences we have... We cannot wake up the next morning and be the same as we were the day before. But we see Jesus. 
not we just hear about what Jesus has done. We see Jesus. I'm asking us to shift from being in the vicinity of Jesus to being in the presence of Jesus to having a relationship with Jesus where He is. Not sure if you uh, have had, had the experience from either side, whether you've been a parent who's lost a child or whether you remember being a child and feeling lost. It's quite a terrifying experience. I remember once feeling lost when I was little. And all you do is you just say, if I could just see mom and dad. And then you see one of them and everything's okay. I'm still in the same position. I still have no clue where I am. But I know someone that does. I think if we can just have that attitude a little bit more of, I'm looking, I'm reading News 24. It's not looking good. I'm looking at Bafana Bafana's performance. It's not looking good. It's, you know, you get it? Just trying to break a little bit of the tension here. Bafana Bafana is our national soccer team. For those that don't know, we do. A little bit of community humor, I don't know. When we see our mom or dad, everything was all right. Can we see Jesus? Can we make a little bit more time to see Jesus? I don't know what your behavior is first thing in the morning when we reach for our phone. To scroll, through, to scroll through social media, to scroll through what so-called influencers have posted, shared, their problems, their fights, who they're suing, what they're eating, and we just get depressed because we're not eating what they're eating. Are we looking at the news? What, what are we looking? But we see Jesus. But we see Jesus. And then it moves on in verse 14 and 15. And it says, since the children have flesh, oh, wait, 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 sorry, verse 9. But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. And it goes on in verse 15. Uh, so that is, so that, and, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery or fear of death. See, as humans, we reach our full potential when we live in the kingdom of God. That's what we were created in, friends, and it's what we were created for. It's what we were created in, the kingdom of God. That's what Genesis 1 was, the kingdom of God. So we've been created in and created for the kingdom of God, so we can only reach our full potential in the kingdom of God, which means like the rock is cut out, which destroys all the other kingdoms, but it's not formed by human hands, it's formed by God Himself, the Spirit of God at work in us. If we, if we allow Him to shape us and form us, what we give attention to, I'm hoping you can follow the thread, then that starts to move us increasingly in the ways and the patterns and the life of the kingdom of God. You see, what remains between me now and my next format is Jesus. It's not my next job. It's not my next paycheck. It's not my next home. What remains between me now and the next version of myself is Jesus. What are we giving attention to? See, in Matthew chapter 4, verses 19, we see Jesus call the disciples 
And actually, it was a pattern for every single disciple that's ever followed Jesus. And it's the same pattern. And he says, come follow me. I will make you fishers of men. Come follow me. I will make you fishers of men. So the call of Jesus Christ is a three-part call. It's to come and follow him. It's two, to be transformed by him. And then third and last, to be sent by him. But too many of us are so interested in the work of the Lord rather than the Lord of the work. We want to get done the things of the kingdom of God outside of understanding that we are his workmanship. Come follow me is the invitation and I will make you. Too many of us are trying to do these God things, and because we're not with Him and being transformed by Him, we feel that we've got to do it ourselves. And so it's our hands that are busy forming us. I've got to be a better person. I've got to do this better. I've got to do this because I'm doing the work of the Lord. But Jesus' invitation is, come and follow me, and I will make you. The natural overflow of that will be the kingdom of God being outworked and expressed. So can we listen to His call today. See, John chapter 5 verses 1 to 8 is, is quite a difficult text for us to understand. And what, what's happened in this text is uh, there's this pool of Bethesda that's known, uh, a lot of sick people go there. So uh, the paralyzed and lepers, and uh, that's where they all kind of congregated because they believed that in the waters there was healing. And Jesus comes to that particular pool one day and so there's a whole bunch of people that need healing, and Jesus can heal. But he goes to one. And he says, what, what, what do you want today? He says, oh, I can never get to the pool. This guy didn't even have faith to ask to be healed. He just had faith to ask, can you help me get to the pool first? And Jesus says, get up and take your mat. And then Jesus walks out. Imagine all those people. All those people in the presence, in the vicinity of Jesus, in the vicinity of the one who was able to heal, but only one got to experience that relationship. And the disciples ask him afterwards, how come just one when you could have done it for all? And Jesus' response is this, I only do what I see my father doing. I only do what I see my father doing. See, we've got to understand, friends, that we are not to be governed by the prevailing need around us, but by the governing voice of our Father in heaven. When we're giving attention to the needs around us, we can do things that the Father hasn't asked, for us, asked of us. And when we do things that the Father hasn't asked for us, we wonder why there's no grace for it. We wonder why we're burning out. We wonder why we're not coping with COVID. We wonder why we're not coping in our businesses. We wonder why we're not coping with the great need that's around us. Our Father hasn't necessarily asked us for all of those things. He's just asked us to listen to His voice. And so it's His grace that actually is our freedom and our purpose. His grace is our freedom and purpose. See, too many people focus on the output. Our attention is on the output rather than our attention being on Jesus, the input. See, Jesus' call is come, formation, go. 
If we don't get the coming correct, we will not be effective in the going. His grace frees us to live purposeful lives. And so as I just close out this message, I, I get when, we, when we're preaching from a prophetic text in Daniel, and it can sometimes be a little confusing, I hope I manage to make that go in a straight line. In Hebrews chapter 2, pay most careful attention. What are you giving most careful attention to? What will it take to become the people Jesus gave his life for? Are we prepared to be cut out, shaped, and formed? But we see Jesus. Are we looking at the storms or are we looking for Jesus? But we see Jesus. Jesus did not go to the cross so that we could have a Sunday meeting. Jesus went to the cross so that the kingdom of God could be alive in us. When God's authority meets human submission, that's the kingdom of God. It's where the kingdom advances. And lastly, His grace is our freedom and purpose. The first call is a call of pursuit, to pursue Jesus. The second call is a call of transformation or formation in Jesus Christ. The third call is a call to the work. We'll never do the work well if we skip the first two. If we don't get the coming correct, we won't be effective in the going. My prayer for us this day that we've chosen to be community day is that we would see Jesus again. We would put our attention, we would put our attention on Him. That we would be prepared to be cut out, not by human hands, that we are not shaped by what we read in News 24. We are not shaped by what we hear people say about us who don't even know us. We are not shaped by the Sharks rugby team when they lose to the Pumas on a Friday night. We are not shaped by insignificant things, but that we are shaped by our God in heaven. What are you giving your attention to? But we see Jesus, and it's His grace that gives us freedom and purpose. Can I pray for us? And then we're going to have communion together. Spirit of God, we thank you that you have revealed Jesus to us. And that as you open our eyes and our ears, we are not just uh, capable of being in the vicinity of Jesus. We're not even just capable of being in the presence of Jesus. But we are capable of having a relationship of Jesus. We can move from cold to warm to hot to very hot. Would you help us to live in that state of very hotness, <laughs> that focused attention, that our eyes are open because we're living in that space? Would you help us to see Jesus? Help us to see Jesus. Not the Jesus who died so we could have a meeting, but the Jesus who died in order that the kingdom of God may come in our hearts first and then out of the overflow of our hearts, our lives would look like this rock that can break down the kingdoms and the systems of the world that press against us and fight us and that work on behalf of the enemy, the devil. And as we receive this grace, we thank you that it brings us into incredible freedom. Incredible freedom. 
and purpose. That we are called to follow you, that you invite us to follow you, Jesus. You invite us into the inner circle. All of us right here have, given, have been given the invitation to be in your inner circle, to follow you. We've all been given that. And as we follow you, we are in a close vicinity. We're in your presence, and so we are shaped and formed. And as we are shaped and formed, so you bring us into even intimate relationship, which then defines our going. And so thank you that we can come Thank you that you shape us and form us. And thank you that there is purpose to go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.